0: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Welcome. Welcome to the Soul Evolution Center show on Black Talk Radio. My name is Katie Simone. I am an advanced channeler of light beings. I'm also a founder of SoulEvolutionCenter.com. I hold this weekly online blog talk radio show on most Fridays, where I share various spiritual and metaphysical topics. On this week's episode, I'm going to talk about an out-of-body I had just this morning, and it was extraordinary. I like to share my extraordinary out-of-body experiences so that you can learn, and also so that you can share your comments on this episode as well. Let me just talk a little bit about out-of-body experiences. For those who are not uh, familiar with that concept, perhaps some of you have experienced out-of-body experiences. I feel that many human beings will be having more and more out-of-body experiences naturally and spontaneously as I do because of this new age that we are in. Currently, we're in the age of Aquarius, and there are major changes going on on the Earth that are affecting human beings as well as all uh, a lot of uh, living life forms on the planet Earth. And part of these changes may be seen in the type of dream uh, escapes that you have. Uh, since 2009, since my spiritual awakening, I've had numerous out-of-body experiences, And I've heard telepathically that I'm meant to share and chronicle what I know so that others can learn as well. I mentioned earlier I'm an advanced channeler of light beings. I'm able to share information telepathically at times in my mind, in my own thought voice, And this is how I receive channeled messages from light beings that exist in other dimensional realities. We currently exist on the third dimension, the earthly plane, but there are numerous other dimensions that exist simultaneously along with the earthly dimension. It is just that many human beings don't have the acute sensitivity or developed a psychic senses to tune into these other frequencies of reality. What I have found since my spiritual awakening in 2009 is that I'm able to visit some of these other dimensional realities during my sleep state uh, that occurs naturally when I am sleeping at nighttime. Sometimes I'm able to facilitate an out-of-body experience and uh, and actually Since my awakening in 2009, I have learned on my own uh, specific techniques to help facilitate an out-of-body and get one going, as you you could say. Um, I know I mentioned my spiritual awakening, and if you're curious to learn more about that, please visit my website, soulevolutioncenter.com, and go to the tab, Meet Katie, and you will be able to read uh, some of the experiences I've had uh, since my spiritual awakening and what that entailed but i'm not going to go into that in this program in some of my earlier episodes uh, of of the soul evolution center show um, I, I do talk about spiritual awakening so please refer to those i have a, a quite a few episodes on file now and they are free to download for you as a resource for your well-being for your understanding and so please um, go to the archive episodes and um, download and replay those episodes at your leisure. <clears throat> They're quite valuable, and I think you'll find them fascinating as well. Um, and so I was talking about the concept that we are a multidimensional beings and that we can experience our multidimensional beings, aspects of ourselves during our out-of-bodies and for many people that occurs during their sleep state and that is because our mind, our consciousness is relaxed, we no longer have those fears active that we normally do during the day or those egoic concerns and so a level of our consciousness is, is actually able to exit and visit other dimensional realities and let me just share, based on my own experiences for the past uh, six years now, um, these are the dimensional realities. Many times they're very similar to Earth. There's people, they, they look like human beings, they have recreation, leisure, they go on vacation, there's uh, cars and vehicles, they have families. And so it, it can be very similar to Earth, but sometimes there are unique, distinct characteristics of these dimensions, such as different types of plant life, uh, unusual vehicles, usually they're more modern, or and um, maybe new types of inventions. I've seen different types of exercise equipment. And so that is always a cue to me that I'm in a different dimensional reality. <clears throat> and again, we all have this capability to experience experience other dimensions multiple dimensions in our sleep state when our when our mind is relaxed and a level of our consciousness exits our body many times I don't experience the uh, the the exit out of my uh, body in the entrance back but nevertheless these out-of-bodies are valid <clears throat> and it's very important to be relaxed in order to have a lucid out-of-body experience. And what I mean by lucid is that you are able to recall the details of the experience. You have memory recall. And many times when you have out-of-bodies, upon waking up, you just know, you just feel that it has been an extraordinary occurrence that you have just experienced. And that's always Uh, A key indicator that you've just had an out-of-body there is a huge difference between an out-of-body experience let's just say a dream a dream sequence even though I feel and I have learned since my spiritual awakening that there's nothing so simple as just a dream even your dreams are valid and many times the line between a dream and an out-of-body is blurry and they, they walk hand in hand so I've really shifted my concept and perspective about dreams and out auto- of and out of bodies since I started experiencing multiple out of bodies since 2009. Uh, now let me just uh, let me just expand a little bit more on the concept of multidimensionality because that is a key aspect to understanding out of body experiences. Because where we go when we have an out-of-body is to these other dimensional realities. And again, they're just located on frequencies and levels of vibration um, that most people in a conscious state, uh, when we are walking uh, around in our lives, day-to-day lives, we are not able to tune into. That's because there's a lot of distractions for us. As human beings, we're constantly just looking out into the world and uh, constantly processing all the visual stimuli, uh, sensory stimuli, so our bodies are very busy and that aspect that is sensitive to these other dimensional realities isn't able to be pronounced or to be known to us. It is only when we are in a deeply relaxed state such as meditation or uh, that period of time right before sleeping uh, at nighttime or that period of time immediately upon waking those are key states and fertile states um, for you perhaps to experience an out-of-body as I have found out for myself. Most of my out-of-bodies occur at any time between uh, when I fall asleep to when I waken. And many times it is between uh, 6 a.m. and 9, 9 a.m. in the mornings. I find that an exceptionally fertile time for me to uh, facilitate an out-of-body. And the reason why uh, human beings would have out of bodies and go to these other dimensions is because we are learning, uh, we are our consciousnesses are expanding, uh, we are developing as spiritual beings. We are spiritual beings having a physical existence for our evolution. We are evolving beings, and that is everyone's life purpose. I am also a psychic reader and provide uh, readings to. To clients and many times my clients ask what is my life purpose what is my life purpose and everyone's life purpose is to evolve to spiritually develop to expand your consciousness into what I had one student in a class ask me what are we expanding toward what are we evolving toward and we're evolving more toward that innate essence that we were created with and have been born with, and that is our divinity. We are divine spiritual beings, and we're having this earthly existence right now for our growth, for our learning, and for our development. And for many human beings, that entails learning, unconditional love for ourselves, um, for other people, uh, unconditional love for Mother Earth, animals, all living forms, deeper and deeper levels of compassion for everyone, um, deeper levels of peace, uh, self-peace and peace in the world, uh, levels and also learning how to be joyful um, and to be in bliss. These are all higher evolutionary traits that every human being is learning. It is just that some human beings are more developed and have learned certain things, but it doesn't mean that the learning stops. They continue to learn to go into deeper and deeper levels of these uh, evolutionary characteristics. Um, If you have judgment, if you have fear, um, if you have arrogance, uh, if you are uh, narcissistic, uh, you're an evolving soul. Obviously you have not developed those traits to transcend those characteristics. And so part of our multidimensional nature is that we learn and develop, grow and experience not only on the earthly plane, but in in other dimensional realities. We have concurrent and parallel lives. I know this. these are very high-level concepts that, that may be hard to believe, but we are so complex, and we are so much more than our physical body, and our existence here on Earth is just one of many. Uh, we actually have parallel lives, uh, sometimes with very similar family members as we do on the Earth, and sometimes with other husbands, other chil- children, and I have personally experienced this during my of body since 2009 and I have blogged about it on my blog which is part of my website soulevolutioncenter.com. I have also shared some of my concurrent and parallel lives here on this uh, show um, just to let you know how complex we are and What we are aspiring toward what we are moving toward as Evolving divine beings So why would we go to these other dimensions in our in our sleep state? Why would we want to have these experiences? Why would our spirit that level of consciousness that leaves our physical body during out of body want to have these type of experiences for exactly the same reason why we're on the planet Earth to all uh, to learn, to experience, to develop, to grow, um, to have compassion, uh, to love deeply, etc. Those are the type of things we experience even on our multidimensional levels. And uh, the out-of-body that I had uh, this morning uh, was unique in so many ways. But let me just begin by uh, talking and discussing one segment of it. And uh, I don't know when this out-of-body ended, um, sometimes I do remember to look at my nightstand and to note the, the time and the hour because I like to chronicle it and then share it here on this platform, but this time I didn't. Let me just share with you that I became lucid during the out-of-body, or what uh, another term for lucid or synonym is, uh, I started having a memory recall. I found myself on a, on, a, on a large boat with many, many people. Um, it wasn't really a cruise boat, but it could have been and these uh, the people that I were with Well uh, were people that I were not that I did not know uh, They were not people from my earthly life on the on the third dimension. They were not family members. Sometimes they are but in this out of body There was no one there that I knew uh, from the earthly plane And so uh, I was sitting on the I was standing on the front of the boat with uh, a group of people that I did not know and I knew that we were at the very, very front of the boat because, or I should say ship, because it was either a large boat or a ship because of the, the bow structure. I knew we were at the very, uh, at the bow area of the boat. And it had a very unusual bow structure and I noted it during the out-of-body. It had two structures located in the in the bow that looked like black steel. They almost looked like mini Turrets, t-u-r-r-e-n-t-s mini structures and I noticed that and I made a comment about that to the people around me that I actually didn't like the structure of the bow and Beyond that was the horizon of the, the ocean. It was a huge body of water We were on and as I was looking out gazing out onto the horizon. I noticed two large ships uh, perhaps uh, maybe 500 yards away. And one of the ships had an unusual shape. It was very circular. Uh, It was almost like the shape of a centrifuge. Uh, But nevertheless, it was a type of ship. And I I saw one ship actually bumping the centrifugal-shaped ship. And I thought, I had the thought that that ship was intentionally budding that centrifugal ship as if it wanted to, be antagonistic and then the the uh, the ship that was shaped very circular like actually flipped over and it and it you could say start going underwater and and then became submerged as soon as I saw that I was so nervous and concerned because I thought about all the passengers on that ship and they were going down and so I, uh, I made that comment out loud to the group of people around me. Oh, my gosh, that ship just hit the other ship, and that ship is now submerged. And I said, where's the siren? Because I, I wanted to hear some kind of warning signal that to let people know that something was going on and this, a ship had overturned needed a rescue and the passengers needed to be saved. Um, so I made that comment. And I, I wasn't aware of this at the time, but looking back at it upon waking up, you know, people around me were not really getting excited that the ship had uh, become submerged and had overturned. And I don't know whether it's because they hadn't viewed it at the time of collision as I had, and they just didn't know, and they were ignorant in a way. Right away, I was concerned in the autobody, and I – was doing this thing. I was. I told myself in my mind that every second is so important and crucial because every second that those passengers are underwater is a second less of breath they have. We, uh, you know, human beings can only hold their breath underwater for uh, so much time before expiring, and I was so concerned. And I, um, and so what I did is I left the bow of the ship that I was on, and to be honest with you, when I walked back to the main part of the ship, I had to let me just say, almost scale the ship that I was on. And there was a, a ledge, a protruding ledge that was about three or four feet long, and it was about three or four inches in uh, depth. And I actually stood on that ledge to, to walk myself back to the main part of the ship. And I, I had the fear that that ledge wouldn't hold me, that I was gonna fall myself, but because I was so motivated to help uh, that ship and to let people know um, what happened, I, I just kind of uh, was able to make the passage to the, to the rest of the ship on that small ledge. And I was able to do it very dexterously as well. And so when I get to the other part of the ship that I'm on where there are many people, I, I make a comment like that ship needs help, uh, that there's a, a submerged ship that I saw on the horizon that needs help. And the next, next thing that happens is I find myself in a small, you could say, canoe or kayak. It was that, sh- that kind of a shape. And I was sitting in the very front, and there were two men sitting behind me, uh, single style. But the, the uh, shape of this um, marine vehicle was a shape very similar to a kayak or a canoe. And next thing you know, I'm sitting in the front of that, and there's two men behind me. And I don't know how I got into that boat, but it, I, it just materialized, and I was in it. And many times, not a Bodies, the scenes change so quickly, and that's standard. And I, and I share that as a teaching point to know that sometimes the, the sequences um, don't make sense as to how they flow. But just accept that as part of a normal part of an out-of-body. Um, it's, a, it's a whole different rule game um, and rule set in out-of-bodies. It's not like real life or our three-dimensional life where there's transitional stages. So I'm finding myself in the front of this canoe-like boat. And um, and before I, I find myself in that canoe-like boat, I realize from the horizon there are singular body bags coming toward the ship that i was on and i realized what was happening um as part of the as part of the rescue uh, technique of that submerged ship what they did was they put their passengers instead of putting them into safety boats or life preservers they had a new type of Uh, let's just say, technology, where if a ship went aground or a ship overturned, people would go into these, look like singular body bags, one body in each bag, and they were like zipped up. But at the front of these uh, body bags was what looked like a flare, and it was burning and sizzling. And that was like you could say the engine. And so – uh, the, a per- singular person would go into this body bag and then a flare would be put on the uh, front of the body bag after the person was zipped up in it and it acted as a catalyst, it acted as a, a mechanism for movement and acceleration. And when that flare was lit, the body bag would then start traveling towards shore. So this was their rescue uh, system on the ship. And so I'm standing there in the bow of the ship I'm on and I'm viewing these uh, perhaps three to five different body bags coming toward me at an accelerated rate with single flares on each one. And um, one of the body bags um, came right to our ship and someone reached over, unzipped it, and there was a human being inside except this human being was not in good shape it looked like it and i'm hearing telepathically now that 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 bee had been burned severely burned during the collision or something and i saw what the body looked like when it was unzipped from the body bag and i said to myself oh my gosh i actually felt kind of sick to my stomach it was very gory and um and i almost had the thought that i was not going to be able to help Help with this rescue because of the gory nature and then I told myself Katie you need to be of assistance these people need you, you need to do whatever you can to uh, help the survivors and so um, that scene did take place before I found myself in that uh, canoe with those two men sitting behind me and the two men that were sitting behind me in a single row seemed to be navigating uh, of the the kayak or canoe that I was in and I was sitting in the very front so now we're sitting in the in the front of the canoe and I am sitting and you know what to be honest with you I'm hearing telepathically that I was wearing a life vest I had some kind of life vest on because you know and I do recall now upon thinking about it that I felt very bulky up and through here like you do when you wear a life preserver when you're on the open water and And so I didn't note it at the time, but this information is coming in now. And sometimes this happens as I'm sharing and talking about my out-of-body. I receive telepathic information inside my mind and my own thought voice. And I know it's my etheric guides and helpers helping me. They love it when I share this information to help others understand their, their experiences. And they're giving me additional supplementary information I'm hearing telepathically. And so, uh, so I'm in the, I'm in this canoe, uh, have my life vest on, that I learned about now and we're going out into the water. And as, as we're going out to the water, I'm seeing some body bags with that single flare pass by us. And, uh, actually we come up, uh, there's a, there is a body bag floating with acceleration. I shouldn't say floating cause it's actually moving very quickly with speed. And it was about, perhaps 10 feet away. And on top of this body bag was a baby seat carrier. And inside the baby seat carrier was a baby. And I realized that um, what, what happened is um, for those survivors that had had young children, what they do to rescue them is besides put the, the, the adult in the body bag, zip them up and put a flare to uh, to propel them out to safety, um, if they had a child or a baby, there's a baby carrier that gets strapped onto the body bag, and the baby is exposed, but sitting in that uh, baby carrier. And um, then I and then tour. To uh, then suddenly, another body bag approached the canoe, coming from the submerged ship, and there was a baby carrier on it, and. And I could tell, I could see a form of a baby that was inside the baby carrier on top of this body bag. And I could tell that the adult that was in the body bag was making some physical motions um, in order to protect the baby carrier that was sitting on top of it and keep it upright so that the baby carrier would not go underwater. And, And so what I did is, as we passed this body bag, um, that was making these gestures, body movements, and the baby carrier was right there, I just went and I asked, um, I kind of said out loud, can I, can I grab the baby? I want to grab the baby. And the, the adult in that body bag said, yes, grab the baby. It was almost like I want to have permission from the adult that it was okay for me to uh, pull up to grab the baby carrier. And the adult that was in the body bag did say, yes, go ahead. I had permission from the parents. So I did. And I was so surprised when I grabbed the baby carrier, I thought I would have some trouble. Because, um, you know, in human life, they could weigh a few pounds, and especially with a baby in it. But I grabbed it so easily. It was like it was weightless. And I look inside and there's A very small baby, and let me just say it was unusually small. You could say it was the size of my hand, and it was wrapped in some sort of amniotic sac. Would be the best way to describe it. There was some kind of gel or liquid that was around the baby's form, and it reminded me very similar to uh, an egg, uh, a chicken egg, where you have the yolk. And then you have the egg white, like a raw chicken egg. You have the egg white around the yolk. And there was some kind of um, egg white type of liquid around this baby. And so I said to the man behind me, is it okay for me to take the baby out of this? And he said to me, read the instructions. And then I noticed in the carrier that the baby was uh, was in, on the upper left-hand side, there was a little piece of paper, uh, perhaps four inches by four inches, and there's some writing in it. And so I realized that was the instruction sheet. But to be honest with you, I didn't follow that man's recommendation and read what was on there. I just kind of took the baby out of its amniotic sac or whatever term you want to use. And then I start conversing with the baby, because so I'm making—I want to make the baby comfortable. I know it's just been taken away from its mother, who's a, one of the survivors and is still in that body bag, traveling with momentum toward the shore, or toward the ship that I just come from. And and I start talking to this young uh, girl, and I—she's actually now appears to be three or four years old, and that's what happens during out of bodies sometimes the uh, the child changes age if you see a toddler or baby they can change very quickly it's it's a whole different paradigm than what happens on the earthly plane and if you approach it expecting a logical uh, sequence um, you're going to be very disappointed in trying to figure out your auto bodies i have learned that so i i've just accepted this these unusual Uh, iterations and alterations in these out-of-bodies. So this young girl went from being a baby, a small baby from the size of my hand, to appearing to be a toddler now. And she had beautiful green eyes and she looked a little Irish to me. And I said to her, oh, you have beautiful green eyes. I was really making an attempt to nurture her and provide her with some comfort because I knew the situation in which she had been rescued. And then she, um, and so then I realize um, we're, we still have some rescue, some survivors to address, or I go back to the scene at hand. And so the baby is kind of like between my legs in that canoe, and um, I'm still moving forward in that canoe. And um, as we move, um, I see that there's an area where there's perhaps three or four body bags being propelled, and I'm thinking to myself, we need to rescue them. If the body bags are there, that means there's an adult in there that needs to be rescued. And I look um, I look in my, in my canoe, and I realized I thought I had two men uh, that were behind me, but now it was just a singular man. And I looked to see, and I realized we had a space for one more adult that could fit into our canoe, so potentially we could save one more adult. And then I, I looked ahead, and I saw this empty canoe appear. Um, in the water, just a few feet away from me, and one of the survivors in that in that body bag rescue um, structure actually kind of unzipped himself in the body bag and went right into the empty canoe. Very that was shaped very similar to I was in, and so this uh, survivor uh, rescued himself and and from out of nowhere appeared miraculously. An empty canoe for him to go into, and I realized that he was the only one in the canoe. And he was—he he kept um, rowing past other uh, survivors that were still in those body bags. And I had the thought that he could fit one more person in his canoe. He should—you know—we should be rescuing as many people as possible. And so I, I yell out to him, you know, you could fit one more person in your canoe. Once you pick up one more person? And there actually was uh, someone. Um, who had been in a a survivor that had been in one of those um, uh, moving body bags, and he had zipped himself out, and he was kind of just floating on top of his body bag and and talking. And I thought maybe he was perhaps he was talking to his cell phone, the way he was bent over and verbalizing. And so the man that I had noticed that had self-rescued himself, um, he picked him up. And I realized that, we needed a lot more canoes um, to rescue uh, the numerous amounts of body bags that were still around us. There's perhaps ten, ten, ten or so that need to be rescued. And then um, we go back to the ship to unload, um, you know, the passenger that we had, the young girl. And as we were doing that, as we're moving toward the ship that I originally was from, <coughs> excuse me. The young girl starts to say to me that she's so cold and that she's very cold. And I realized that she, you know, she had been in the water, even though she had been in baby carrier. I didn't, she was being affected by the climate that we were in and I had nothing to give her. I didn't have a blanket. And to be honest with you, I didn't even think of that. I just knew I didn't have anything to swaddle her with to keep her warm. And so I just told her that she had to keep moving in the boat. That she had to like move her knees together, knock her knees together, to create some physical activity, so she, she would feel warm. And then she said to me, "You're not taking good care of me because I'm cold." And that didn't bother me when she said that. I felt bad that she was cold, um, but we were approaching the ship, and um, let's say I also sensed that there were other canoes that had gone out like we had, and they were coming back, and um, Depositing their passengers because there was an infirmary, I'm hearing now telepathically, on the ship that I was on. We had to get the survivors to the uh, infirmary that was on the ship um, so that they had proper medical care after their um, harrowing experience. And so that's how the auto body ended. <clears throat> So this was such a highly unusual out-of-body for me. Uh, I know some people might say when they, when they hear me, my observations about this, that oh, that was just a weird dream. That was just a random dream. But it wasn't. It wasn't at all. And if you could just um, be in my shoes for a few minutes and, and feel the reality and the realism of that experience that I had, you would know that it was not just a train, it was an out-of-body. And plus, I feel like this out-of-body had a specific purpose for me and for my growth and for my expansion. It was actually a rescue uh, attempt. You can say it was successful. It was a rescue mission. And I don't really participate in rescue missions that often on out-of-bodies and not so specific as this one and so clear. So I feel this one was highly unusual for me. It was a marker, I'm hearing telepathically. It was a marker, which, or I don't want to use the word milestone, but it was like a threshold marker. And, um, you know, looking back upon this out-of-body, when I woke, I I asked my angels, I have a relationship with the angels, and I channeled some of their messages. I asked them for specific guidance as to what occurred during this out-of-body. And I also began to feel some guilt. I felt some guilt that I did not perhaps share, I did not save as many lives as I could, and I wasn't as helpful as I could have been. I wasn't a a good Samaritan, um, that I should have been more concerned or maybe caused a more ruckus on our ship to um, get rescue uh, squads out out to the submerged ship. So I did experience some guilt upon waking up that I did not do enough. And these type of feelings are not probably not uncommon for people that have experienced major life crises um, or, or traumas. And so I had a very similar reaction because this auto body was so real and I was lucid, it's, my nervous system is firing the same way that it would in real life. And so I can come back sometimes during out-of-bodies and have um, such real feelings of guilt. Um, and so I was feeling guilty. I didn't help help as many survivors as I could. And I, I feel that I was shown this out-of-body um, to learn, To learn about other dimensions, Uh, I also viewed, um, you know, they have different type of rescue mechanisms for submerged ships. They had that whole unusual technology with a body bag uh, to put the single survivors in with a flare and how it traveled with momentum uh, across the top of the water. So that was, you know, that, that was shown to me and I share that with you. Um, As I mentioned earlier there's different technologies that occur and that are used in these other alternate realities and so um, I had to do my own spiritual work upon waking up So that I I didn't get sad or depressed that I didn't do enough to help these survivors Um, and I asked and I asked what could I do now and so in my mind, using clairvoyance and telepathy, um, I imagine myself going back to that dimension and saving more lives. And that's possible to do because past, present, and future exist all at the same time. And um, we, can, we can move through these different dimensions like that. And I also asked my angels, and divine source if they could help those survivors in that dimension that have experienced that trauma. And so I sent prayers. I sent prayers to that dimension. And I also did this thing where um, I asked if I could be really propelled back to that dimension to finish and help and abet. But that didn't happen because my next stream sequence, I I didn't go back to that uh, dimension where I was on the water and the ship had submerged. Um, So you can say I'm hearing I wasn't allowed back access. I had that experience for the time I had it um, for me to share and learn, and and that was it. So another teaching point I would like to make is that uh, sometimes out out of bodies, because it feels so real and you're having true, valid memories on a lucid level, when you come back, you can experience the same human emotions um, that we have on the earthly plane, and, um, and sometimes they are difficult ones, like I'm sharing now, but that was what transpired. That was what I felt, and there is no way that I'm going to say, well, it was just a dream. I look at it, and, I, and then I also wanted to say to myself, well, what can I learn from this? So next time when I have an out-of-body and I'm in a rescue situation, I'm going to be more help so i learned from this one i'm going to take more measures to let people around me know that the ship ship has submerged i'm going to be more proactive in getting um uh, boats out for rescue so i'm telling myself now another out of body where there might be a rescue situation that is similar i'm going to be more proactive more vocal and that's That's the learning that's the learning and we have learnings like that in human life all the time when we're in a situation and we don't perhaps have the reaction that we wanted to or we didn't make enough effort we have what you call regret and so you may say to yourself well next time I'm not gonna do that next time I'm gonna do it better so that's what I told myself and so uh, that's what I'm gonna do now I'm hearing telepathically don't be hard on yourself that's okay I wanna I want to learn from this and I want to share from this um, okay so that was uh, one unique out of body that I had um, from February 27th 2016 um, sometime during the early morning and then um, the second the other sequence of out of bodies I had Um, One of them ended at 7.25 p.m. And I did remember to look at the digital clock on my nightstand. But this one was um, very, very unusual as well. And it was was when I was looking through my third eye. Many times during out-of-bodies or during my sleep state, when I become lucid, when I start having some memory and control over my, my activities and my thoughts, I will do such things. And so a common technique that I use to facilitate an out-of-body, to initiate an out-of-body, is to look through my third eye. And your third eye is that area between your mid-eyebrow, and it's, it's your energy center for clairvoyance, and it's also a gateway to other dimensions. And since 2009, I have found that by looking through my third eye, and again, this is when I'm sleeping in bed and my eyes are closed, I notice the landscape that is being presented to me there. And I notice that sometimes there are changes in what I see in my third eye. I actually call that third third eye presentation screen a, a third eyescape. I've coined that term um, to explain my experiences. So I'm looking through my third eye, and uh, I'm noticing uh, changes um, changes within it, uh, and I feel like I am totally immersed in, a, in a, a rolling purple mist. And I see purple often with my eyes closed when I look in my third eye, and so I'm seeing this... All it can look like is a swirling fog, a purple mist, and it's very dynamic. It's moving slowly and rolling, and it's very billowy. And I do this thing where I just project myself further and further into this mist. I just put myself in there, and it feels like I'm standing in this mist. It feels so real. It feels like I'm in a whole different place. I am so, like, And so the feeling is that I am so in my third eye. I'm actually in my third eye, that space between your third eye. A level of my consciousness is actually in there. And when I feel like that, sometimes that's when I experience the portals, or these are called wormholes in science fiction movies. Um, These are tunnels between the different dimensions, or you can say corridors. The term I've heard telepathically is interdimensional corridors, um, their pathways between, uh, and I'm hearing tra- their transits between different dimensional realities. You may have seen this in sci-fis where spaceships will find a wormhole or a portal and they'll take a shortcut to a, a certain planet. So many times I have portal experiences, and, and this is one of them, and, and many times they're uh, they're known to me as being the portal because there's light phenomena around me, etc. And so I realize that I'm in a portal um, because it looks like deep, dark space. I feel that I'm actually in it physically, even though really it's just a level of my consciousness. And uh, I'm in this portal and uh, where it's darkness, and I feel like I'm mo- moving slowly. And then at different times, it feels like I'm actually underwater, and that's a very common portal experience for me, where you feel like you're underwater. And I have learned since 2009 not to be uncomfortable or fearful that I'm underwater because I have learned that I can breathe underwater. Uh, The first few times, sometimes I panicked, but now I have learned you can. I can breathe underwater. I have an apparatus, and not a physical one, but uh, naturally I can um, breathe underwater so if you have an outer body where you feel like you're in the a, a portal and you're in an underwater scene um, just relax take a deep breath and know that you're not going to drown you're not not going to breathe in water and just practice breathing normally and so I've learned to do that and that's my tip for you uh, I, I, I I breathed normally, I didn't let my fears come in to override my stability and I was able to navigate um, the scene where I was underwater uh, and traveling through underwater. And then um, it was very, the the underwater scene would change at different times every few seconds Uh, and that's what happens if you're in the portal. Sometimes the landscape changes very quickly and suddenly. seamlessly. It just happens boom boom boom. So that's another tip for you. If you're in the portal, if you're in the wormhole, the scenery around you can change very quickly. I was um, actually still underwater and uh I felt like there was some underwater life that was there with me, some type of marine animals, a fish, even though I could not see them clearly because it was very dark and it was dim. And actually what happened this time which is unusual is, I felt um, some kind of uh, I felt myself approaching uh, some marine animals that were underwater with me. And usually, 99% of the times um, when I am underwater and there is marine life like uh, little animals, fishes, I can I can just travel right through them and I don't bother them. They don't bother me. So I've learned that I learned not to be fearful of these animals and not have to. You know, Divert my path around them. And so I did that I traveled right through the animals marine animals because I said to myself in the past uh, Nothing has happened. Well, guess what this time something happened all of a sudden I felt one of them Latch on to my right arm and it latched on uh, Let's say from my forearm uh, An area about six or seven inches it just kind of wrapped around and it felt like it almost was like a leech just sucked onto my uh, my forearm, and I wasn't scared because in other out of bodies I've had really hairy experiences, and this one seemed to be a smaller marine animal. It wasn't like an animal that you know covered my entire front side or back side because I've had experiences where a been hijacked or attacked by these type of creatures and so this was just a small animal just the size of you know six or seven inches and so i do this thing where i I grab uh the my right forearm and i try to extricate the animal from my forearm and i'm still staying kind of calm and when i do that the animal goes right to my left forearm in the same area and uh grabs on and leeches on there and then i became surprised i said oh this you know this little guy's He's tenacious. He's stubborn. And then uh, I noticed that when I grabbed uh, this animal to uh, kind of fling it away from me, um, that his the its body was very uh, like slimy, like gel-like. It didn't really have any bony structure or any like form like that. You could say it was just jelly. And so it just latched onto my left arm. And the, I, I so I took my right arm and I grabbed again from my left. To like throw it, to throw it away from me, so it would swim away. But I had such difficulty, and I realized that as soon as I I pulled it off me, it latched back onto my right forearm. So it was very tenacious. But somehow uh, um, uh, something happened, and the this, this little uh, creature was off me, and it was clear. And then I, I was still traveling through the, uh, the, this underwater scene. It was still very dimly, dimly lit. This is why I could not see the form of that creature. I just kind of felt it. I had to use tactile sensations um, to feel what it, what it was a shape like and how it was built. And as I was traveling through this uh, underwater scene, I realized that there was beings around me or behind me. I couldn't see them. I just sensed them. And so I say out loud, I know there's somebody here with me. Who are you? And they didn't respond. So I don't know what that was about. I don't know whether they were my guides and they were there just kind of um, in the background supporting me or what they were. It hasn't been revealed to me and it's still not being revealed to me as I discuss this now. And this portal experience was just so unusual because it felt like the portal, the whole portal sequence, which was a series of sequences was over a period of like 10 or 15 seconds, which is very long, and each um, each sequence w- was a little different. And so um, I'm still underwater. It's dimly lit, and I re- and I said to myself that I was going to lift myself out of the water because I found that was a common successful technique I had used in the past um, to arrive at another dimension. It's like you stop your portal experience by lifting up out of the water, and then you find yourself in another landscape. So I said, I'm going to try that. I'm just going to lift out of the water. And so uh, I did. I lifted out of the water. And then as soon as I lifted out of the water, like, and I started to stand, I, re- I looked down and I realized I had a bathing suit on. I had an indigo blue conservative one-piece bathing suit on. You could say it was almost like a, a tank top, a halter top with shorts but it was like one piece, some kind of a jumper bathing suit and it was all dark blue, indigo blue. And so I find myself rising up, uh, rising, or standing up in the water and I realize, I look down I realize I have a bathing suit because I want to check and make sure that I was clothed because sometimes when you make these transition from the portal uh, to a, a dimensional landscape, sometimes you're not clothed but sometimes uh, something unusual happens a mechanism happens and you're clothed in the area in the in the uniform or clothing that's appropriate uh, for that dimension and that's what I'm I tell, telepathically hearing now as I share this with you and I, I come out of the water almost I would say like a, a mermaid or something like that and as I come out I start viewing the screen the the scene in front of me and it's like it's so crystal clear it's like it just shelled. That's how lucid the scene was. And I said to myself, because I, I knew exactly what was happening, I said, I am now in another dimensional reality, another dimensional landscape, another place in time and space. And so, Katie, please be aware of your surroundings. Take note. You've just been ejected into another dimensional landscape. And the word ejection is a term I have telepathically heard to use um, when I arrive at a dimensional landscape, especially after going through the portal, and the portal again was that was was that scene, the underwater scene um, that I just described. And many times when I'm injected into a landscape, and if it's from an underwater scene, um, I come out, come in, come to the landscape from out of the water. That has happened numerous times, so that's a common technique. Of arrival, you actually eject, but you're coming out of the water. I share this with you, and I would love to hear if you had an out of bodies, or if you had out of bodies where uh, you arrive at another dimensional landscape from uh, the base or platform of a body of water. Um, And so I walk out onto the shore, and there are there must be a hundred people there. It's a beach scene. I'm at a beach uh, beach resort or something, but it's in the city. So people, our families are lying on the sand. They're they're gathered. It's a totally like you went to the beach, and it was a busy Saturday or Sunday afternoon with perfect weather forecasted. So the beach was was packed. That's where I ended up in this dimensional reality, and I cannot tell you how many times I've ended up in different types of beaches. It just seems to be a common arrival point. And so I said to myself, "Oh, it's another beach scene," because this must have been like. Maybe fifteenth or twentieth arrival into a different dimensional beach scene, but it was an unfamiliar one, and I knew that it was a city because if I looked in the distance, I could see an overpass. So this beach was somehow located very much in the city. It wasn't off in a rural area or a huge, quiet, peaceful, idyllic um, coastline. Uh, it was a city, city beach, and jam packed. And so I look around, and this is what I notice. I look around and I see some um, people to my left and they were like sitting there and I noticed two people um, had Oracle or Tarot cards and they were doing card spreads for themselves. And I am a Tarot or Oracle card reader and I love doing that and I love teaching about it. I teach people how to use the Tarot and Oracle cards um, to get guidance for your own life questions. And so these, um, these two uh, people that were not sitting together we're doing oracle cards. And uh, and I said to myself, wow, they do oracle cards here in this dimension. Um, and so I, I noted that. And I realized there's this big, long building um, behind all the beach goers. And it was just very industrial and very city-like. And I, and I realized I had a decision to make. Which direction do I go into now that I'm here? Sometimes I have a helper th- that greets me when I arrive, but many times I don't. And I didn't have anyone greet me, or greet me, or escort me to the next place for me to visit. So I had to wing it. That's what I—that's what term I like to use. I had to make my own decision. Do I go to the left? Do I go to the right? Do I go inside that building that's behind the beach goers? What do I do? So I just start walking, and I said, I'm just going to walk around the beach and just observe these people and what they're doing, and um, so I can chronicle it when I return back from the side of body. And then before you know it, the out of body starts to dissipate. And I'm quite surprised because I thought I was very much engaged in the out of body. Usually the out of body will stand solid for a few seconds, but it starts dissipating. And I'm disappointed. And I'm like, boy, I just, that, that out of body dissipated quickly. And now I'm back in the portal again. I'm back in what looks like a darker space. But now the, I'm in an underwater scene again. But now the water is more colored teal green. It's a beautiful color and more aqua colored. And I say to myself, Oh, I'm in a, I'm in a body water again, breathing underwater like I did before, but this time it was uh, teal and very pretty colored. And I was thinking to myself, Wow, that, that was so surprising that I didn't have a longer out of body in that beach scene. I kind of wondered to myself why. And I thought maybe it's because I, I felt a little bored. Because I said to myself, when I realized it was another beach scene, I said, oh, this is another beach scene. I've had like 15 or 20 of these. Um, Why can't I go somewhere different? And so I'm in this teal-colored water, and I I have the idea, because I'm lucid, that I'm going to have a destination point. And so I say telepathically uh, to myself, I want to go see my angels. I want to meet my angels. I want to have interaction with my angels. I want to communicate with them. I've had this intention for many, um, many years. Um, I have a connection with certain angels and my own angels, but I would love to meet them in an out-of-body experience and have that full frontal, um, those sensations and interactions. Um, Though I can sense my angels in meditations, um, or when I'm very quiet and relaxed, I can feel their loving beauty and their divineness and their, their, their deep peace. I really want to be able to look, kind of look at them, like see their form if they have a form, and um, communicate on those levels in an out of body experience. So I've been asking for this for a long time, and I was lucid enough um, when I was in that portal, the underwater teal colored water portal, that uh, to have this intention. So I asked for that, and um, I didn't. I didn't get that. I didn't get that. Um, The next series of things that happened was that I had, I would say crazy portal experiences um, were, let's just say psychedelic portal experiences. Um, Part of the portal experience, I was trying to remember all the steps, all the experiences I had um, sequentially so I could share them here, but unfortunately I I, I lost sense of it because it was so psychedelic. but let me just say that uh, at some point I was still underwater and then I start hearing um, music and vocals. It sounds like a radio is playing, but it sounds like it's live. It sounds so real. And this was a male vocalist and um, he had instrumentals uh, with him and he, he sounded very much like Duran Duran. And the words of the song were, uh, the words of the song were, about how he was with a woman, and the woman only wanted him for child support. But then he met another woman, and she now he loves this other woman. And um, the, the two lines, the two lyrics that I clearly remember is, um, she loves me well, she tells it to the bluebell and to be honest with you to even remember those two lines was a tremendous amount of effort on my part when you're hearing um, these type of songs or music as you're in the portal or traveling through a landscape it sounds so real and live you think you're going to remember it when you when you wake up but then you don't so that i remember those two lines well that's a big deal for me and also um, as i'm as i'm having this experience i'm actually traveling through Another dimensional escape. I left the water. Like I said, these things happen. These scene changes happen suddenly, and I'm traveling like through a city street. And as I'm tra- as I'm traveling through the city street, what it really means is I'm floating above the city street at high speeds, and I'm and everything's just zooming zooming down um, and be, uh, be, uh, below me. And at the same time, I'm hearing this live like pop rock music. Uh, with this male singer singing. So you can see there's a lot of activity going on. And the thing is, when I was traveling over the city and through the streetscapes and hearing this music so clearly in my ears, um, the cityscape was not clear. And I noticed that and I said to myself, this is not clear, this is blurry. The scene hasn't gelled like it did when I walked out, out of the water and saw that beach scape in front of me just a few minutes ago. This was blurriness, and I really don't like when it's blurry because it's hard for me to note the details. And who want who likes to have blurry vision? We want to have uh, clarity of vision. And so I noted that during the out of body that I didn't have blurry vision. And so I, I wondered whether I was one hundred percent there. That's the best way to describe it. And let me just uh, share with you another teaching tip about out of bodies. Many times. Uh, it's not unusual at all to hear live music um, during your portal experiences or actually when you're arrived in another dimensional landscape. And let me tell you that that music when you hear it, whether it's just instrumentals or vocal, is so real. It's quite extraordinary. I would love if you could share on this episode if you ever had an out-of-body where you heard live music. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of a lot of fun. You know, it breaks up the out-of-body. And, um, sometimes I wish I was a musician so that when I come back, I wish I could have, I could maybe recreate these songs and recreate the music. But unfortunately I'm not musically inclined that way. I don't have that talent in this lifetime. Um, but nevertheless, I can, I can appreciate the sounds of that. So please share if you've had any uh, full auditory, um, sensations during an out of body or during your portal experience. And so, uh, I'm going to end on that. I hope that was helpful to you. Um, I hope you learned a few things about out-of-bodies and uh, how they occur and what you may experience during the portal and uh, how important it is not to have fear. For example, when that lecherous uh, marine animal um, latched on to me, I, I really wasn't scared just because of its size and because I compared it to other Uh, more traumatic experiences where I've had, you know, life-size creatures or forms latch onto me like a vampire. Uh, Not to scare you, and that's for another episode. So you can say I've changed my perspective about these experiences, um, the level of intensity of these experiences. And so just know that you can travel through the portal to get to another dimensional reality. And once you get to another dimensional reality, it may be, Something very uh, routine or very, very similar to your earthly existence. And again, mine was. I went to I my a level. Of my consciousness traveled all that way to view another beach scene. And sometimes you say to yourself, "Well, what's the purpose of that? What, what what's the educational learning in that?" I guess it's just for me to know and for me to impart to you that there's just simply other uh, existences and other planes uh, where people like to go to the beach and they like to hang out and the beach is fun for them just like in the world today so now i'm hearing telepathically it is to show the commonalities okay it is to show the commonalities of these other dimensional landscapes to earth and to human existence what we consider is fun recreational and what we like to do on the weekends with our families. And also on this dimensional landscape, The uh, some of the human beings were also doing uh, uh, oracle cards. Um, they were doing spreads for themselves. So that's the takeaway. And that was confirmed to me telepathically uh, just now. And I just also want to share um, during the early morning out of body, uh, when I was going through the portal, having those moments in the underwater scene, um, um, we were having construction work done in our house, in real life, um, and the construction workers were actually working outside the bedroom when they were using a saw and they were cutting pieces of wood. And so even during the out of body, I could hear the saw noise that was actually in my earthly life outside my bedroom. So I was in the out of body, like on that beach scene, observing, and I, I heard the saw noises from the construction workers where my physical body was sleeping. So do you see how complex that can be? That It's almost like you're in two places. On one level of my consciousness is in this other dimensional reality on the beach, in this, this new beach. And another one is still able to hear my earthly 3D noises from outside of my house. And even in the out-of-body, when I heard those noises, I said to myself, those are the uh, construction workers using their saw. And I, uh, I would like to probably give myself, my own self, a shout-out because that is a very loud distraction to hear s- the saw sounds. And for many novice, that's the term I'm hearing, novice out-of-body, bodyers that saw sound would have just booted them out of the out-of-body and made uh, their consciousness come back into their uh, physical body, and the out-of-body would have dissipated. But for me, because I've been doing this now for over six and a half years, I was able to hold the out-of-body and be in that dimensional landscape, still hear the construction workers sawing where my physical body was, and I was still able to keep that body going. So that shows that I have attained a level of discipline, and I'm hearing telepathically mastery. I was able to balance that and keep my conscious one level, of my consciousness still engaged and active in the outer body, and that really does I'm hearing telepathically take a lot of strength, and it's the practice that I've had over the past six and a half years that has gotten me to this point it's a discipline um when those of you who are attempting uh to have auto bodies initiate and facilitate their own autobodies, bodies um, you'll see many of you probably are very still very sensitive and if you're not in a totally quiet place um, you may uh, may not be able to have an autobody. body you need to have your environmental factors just so So I'm very pleased that I've gotten to this level um, where I was able to uh, continue and progress through my out-of-body when there was uh, extraneous and pretty loud sounds going on around my physical body in real life. Um, So that was an unusual revelation for me this morning, and this is the first time that that has happened. Uh, So... um, that is, that is uh, you could say monumental for myself. And, uh, and I'm hearing the progress I have made. I'm hearing that telepathically. Um, okay, well, uh, oh, another thing I want to share too. I'm sorry about the segmented nature uh, of my of sharing of my experiences, but I do share these experiences live and obviously they're not scripted. And so I uh, reveal them to you off, like off the top of my head. After I got booted, well, like I say, got booted out. After that, when uh, the dimensional landscape that I was in with the beach scene um, dissipated, and I was back in that teal-colored water, um, I uh, I also had an experience. uh, The next portal experience from that was I was in in total darkness, and I was with the billowy, billowy, misty clouds again, and all of a sudden. I I uh, start saying the word Om, O M, and as soon as I start saying that, I am accelerated in my third eye, and I am moving so quickly with such uh, momentum. It's like saying the word Om in that dimensional space of that portal stimulated something. Next thing you know, I am traveling, not through any solid or reportable landscapes, but just through space, through mist. And and so I repeat the word again, Oh, when I say it with intention. Like I really feel the word. And all of a sudden, I have this transcendental, that's the word that's coming to me telepathically, experience. I am traveling through space, I am reciting the word OM and for two seconds I felt like I was the biggest expansive consciousness. I, I, I felt like I was one with everything. And this is the first time this has happened like during a portal experience. But many times I don't say the word own. This time I said it spontaneously. I don't even know why I said it. And I I don't know why I said it repeatedly. But for a few seconds, I just touched and felt the divine, not just in me, around me. And it was like when I was in deep space. And so that was a beautiful beautiful moment for me and i'll never forget that and that was extraordinary that was the first time i had that moment and also uh, when i was um uh before i started saying those ohms, um i got an image of my father and my father's spirit and this is very highly unusual for me to be in the portal or be uh, traveling through Dark space and to get a clairvoyant image of my father and spirit. And so I thought that perhaps my father and spirit want to connect with me in another dimension of reality. It has not happened yet. But I was lucid enough to know that was a possibility. So I said telepathically, my father and spirit wants to connect with me now. I am open to it. I would love to connect with him uh, uh, for my high school and high school of all concerned. But nothing, ha- nothing transpired from that. But this was the first time that I received an image from my father in spirit when I was going through the portal. So perhaps the seeds have been planted, and perhaps in a future episode there will be some movement and some development in this area. And if so, I will share that with you. But I just want to let you know what kind of things, I could say strange or psychic phenomena, experiences may occur during your portal experiences. And the possibility of meeting a loved one in spirit during an out-of-body is always a potentiality. And I had that happen a few years ago where I met my grandmother in spirit and my grandfather in spirit in an out-of-body. It was very beautiful. Um, Okay, so I'll leave that with with you. And again, please share. I would love to hear your experiences on this episode um, so that we can learn and grow together. And you can learn more about me and my services uh, on soulevolutioncenter.com. And please feel free uh, to download prior episodes uh, of this uh, show uh, for your reference. Some great information, including how to develop your psychic senses. There's um, a free, free channel meditations I channel from Divine Beings that are powerful for your energetic uh, well-being. So please um, use this as a resource. And I look forward to connecting with you soon again in the near future.